what is up that's like the ara normal greeting but hey guys you're listening to based with jordy and kate <laughs> last class inserted here um thank you everyone for listening this is our 16th installment which is absolutely nuts and a special thank you because we hit that like threshold of a thousand followers on instagram so only up from here we're now trending <laughs> um today is a really really special episode and i know i say that all the time but i think it just keeps getting more and more special because this is like a fan fave like a crowd pick from florida and i've even read a quote today about this band saying one of florida's best bands like florida's huge how did you guys pull that off we have the cannibal kids <laughs> <laughs> what's up guys how you doing hello hello hi would you guys mind introducing yourselves? Sure. Yeah, I'm Damian Gutierrez. I'm Dustin, and I'm Luke Falkenham. And together we're Cannibal Kids. Yeah. <laughs> I already know where this is headed. Um, hey guys, thanks for coming on. We're really excited to have you. This is kind of um, like Jordy said, a fan favorite. Uh, not only of florida but i think you guys are a favorite of ours now oh um, thank you guys and it is a, it's an honor to be here too um we already know so many other great bands that have been on so it was really sick to be approached by you guys and also to know that people even wanted to hear us talk because we talk so much bullshit online it's amazing that somebody still wants to hear us <laughs> <laughs> i love that absolutely want to hear you talk especially because more than just your music you guys have such personality and i think that makes for really great um groups these days we're able to know you guys outside of just the music but also with the music and you guys have such a quirky feeling Thank uh you. explain that dynamic between the three of you how did you meet um well it all kind of started years years ago Dustin and i met when we were in middle school and um we were both like very young musicians i started playing guitar at 11 I think Dustin around the t same time. Yeah, same thing for me. And we both were some of the few musicians at our very small middle school. And we just met up through um, mutual friends. We start playing music together. All at the same time, I was also playing in a church band. And that's where I met Luke. Luke and I actually started on the same day playing in this youth church band. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing led to another. Dustin and I had always talked about doing bands and at that point luke and i had already performed several times dust and i had performed several times in talent shows and just talking every day about music we mm -hmm. all just got really close and then i dust and i had the idea like why not start a band because you know what else is there to do in home yeah. florida <laughs> right. and then um one thing led to another i approached luke about it and then we started and we were really gigging hard around 16, 17, and that's around the time we got introduced into the uh, Miami scene. The and Kendall, then, South Florida vibe. Yeah, and then eventually the, the entire music industry at large, like just learning about it throughout this whole, this whole process um, and all of the latter steps it takes to even get anywhere. <laughs> so, crazy world out here. Yeah, so we, we've been doing this for a long time. We've learned a lot of things. We've experienced a lot of things, and... Uh, yeah, I'm happy that at this point, people look at us as one of the bigger groups out here in Florida, which is an honor, man. Yeah, for real. Anyway, yeah. Thank you, guys. We love you. Been doing this shit for a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. I mean, it seems like 2016 was so recent, but a lot has changed for you guys since then. I feel like over the years, you have two products under your belt. Have you even done that national tour now? Yeah, we've done some semi-national tours. We've run here from here to New York and from here to Chicago several times. We just Mm -hmm. haven't made it all the way out west. We were going to go out west this year. That was our big thing this year. But as everyone knows, Rona came in and said, fuck that. It's not (laughs) happening. Um, So now we are set for West Coast late 2020, early 2021. That's what happens where this goes. But we definitely want to head out there. I live in L.A., so... I oh, just nice, nice. We have a lot of music. We have a lot of music friends out there in LA. And actually, funny enough, LA is our top city across the board. Yeah, for streaming. Oh wow! Not even gonna lie, like Miami sometimes fall in three to fifth yeah, place. They'll be like in fifth on our spot. Yeah, like, come on, Miami. Yeah, dude. <laughs> LA, New York, and Chicago will trump Miami a lot of the times. Which is that's kind of crazy. You would think that the 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 home state would give you the most love, but you guys also, I've seen, like, describe yourselves as, like, surf, uh, you know, that kind of style music that I guess kind of appeals to the West Coast. But Yeah, I, I think in the beginning, I think Bloom has a lot, our first LP, Bloom, has a lot more surf influence and that 60s guitar kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. in Deadheads, during the time of writing between Bloom and Deadheads is when I feel like we've all kind of matured to the point where we kind of are jumping into genreless kind of territory where we care less about what's yeah. the genre, what's the scene we fit in, and rather just write music that we really like. And the most important thing is that the song is good. Yeah. A common theme that we've, I've actually, I think I mentioned it literally the the last episode, but we've encountered this uh, genreless philosophy throughout pretty much I want to say like almost everyone that we've had on they'll, yeah. they'll be like yeah we do a little bit of this but honestly it's also this that and that so we're kind of genreless and I don't <laughs> know if that's like a national type trend or I don't know if that's that you know what I'll say I think it has it has a lot to do with the way people release and consume music nowadays and that's why you see Spotify throwing out these curated playlists like new pollen and these kind of like words like fuck genres fuck fuck right this and that just about is the song good or not and i think that we've the music industry has had a very tight grasp on those kind of things where they want it to be marketable it has to have a very clear marketable look because you know it's just traditional consumerism but now we're in the era where nobody's competing for that ten dollars where it's like you know i can only buy one cd what cd am i gonna buy now it's for ten dollars you get every fucking song and more so now it's just like i don't care about any of that stuff i just care about is the song good or not and like as yeah. an artist too, like if you get stuck thinking of yourself as a genre, you're just like limiting yourself. Like I just make the music I want to make. We all just make the music we want to make. If you get like stuck, oh, I need to make a surf rock song, you're just putting a big hold on where your creati- creativity could go. Absolutely. Yeah, and then it's hard. If you limit yourself, and it's hard to like reach that potential that you had once. You know, it's it's too many lines. And I think you guys are really good at keeping it well rounded from song to song. Thank you. Yeah, that's actually something we worry about, too. We're always like, yo, is this song too different? Like, does this sound too left field? Because we go from, like, a song like Trouble Mind to Love Girl to Falling in Love at Wii Sports Resort. And they all have very, very different feels. But to us, like, what we try to do is the what – what is Cannibal Kids? Like, I guess that existential question uh, 
that's what we're always like. Does this sound like a Cannibal Kids song rather than does this sound like a Bloom yeah. song or a Deadhead song or, yeah. you know what I mean? Right, right. And where did that name come from? I guess we should just probably get that off our chest. Where, <laughs> where the girls are. Or Cannibal Kids. <laughs> cannibal Kids. So you the kids eat each other or who eats who? Eats who? <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's it's a really long story. Yeah, we all, I'll give it an arm we can this give it week. A, yeah, he yeah. gives a leg this week. It's like a rotating thing. Um, when we were young, to give like an abridged story, when we were young, uh, at some point we were just like rebellious and like, yo, let's do urban exploring. Let's go look at these like abandoned buildings. And Florida is kind of perfect. I don't know if that's like. Oh, a yeah, guy, yeah, thing, dude. Like, I know and- in my childhood, at least, like we did a lot of that uh urban exploring yeah you know for sure and we're and like there's tons of places in like redlands florida homestead florida this particular place is closer to color ridge um for those who are in the south florida area but anyways um long story short we end up low-key breaking and entering into this no, wait, wait, we, we didn't break we walked around of things so so any any uh uh, law officers listen out there we didn't break we didn't yeah we okay just yeah. trespass we just trespass that's the only thing we did that's our main demo the law enforcers <laughs> <laughs> um and so we we end up exploring this huge campus this abandoned school that we slowly find out is actually a juvenile delinquent detention center that had been shut down for years of, yeah. for years we didn't know just wow. yet why it had been shut down we just knew it was this abandoned like school campus kind of thing kind of near my house and it's very big and it's very nice too we were like whoa everything inside is pretty much preserved all of the desk everything was kind of thrown around and very scary looking but at the same time everything was still there all the computers all the desk all of the wow. uh, football equipment and barbershop equipment there was and- a room that was just a pile of computer mon- monitors, monitors. Like a little mountain yeah, it was crazy, it, and it, and and it looked like there was no sign of life in there for at least a few years. Like we found a calendar from like 2010, and it was like 2015, I think, when we were there, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we end up walking into the main building where the cafeteria is. All of the officer, um, you know, principals and secretary offices are there, and we find the sec- uh, the psychiatrist's office. And obviously we're like, oh shit, let's go in here. Like, you know, and we find the cabinets are full of all of these classified files that have red tape on them. And it's sort of got this like right out of a movie. Like, yeah, it's it, a movie. It was literally a fucking movie because it was me, Dustin, Luke, and a few of the friends. And like, all the only light in this room is the emergency lights, yeah. right? And like cell phone lights and fucking- You guys have a video, like a music video based off of this? I feel like it's the perfect imagery. Yeah. I, I have footage of this somewhere too. Yeah, because we, we had a v, like a yeah, VCR, I had a little, I had a little like, like camcorder. Yeah. Wow. So we're in this office. The first fucking file we find, right? We cut the classified tape off of the file. We open it, and it's all of these records of Another this crime. kid, right? Another oh. crime, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we find the kids like tax papers, his schedule for school, all this information, like medical history, all this crazy shit about this kid. It's all compiled in this file. And the last paper is like the reasons for detention, the reason for suspension paper. And it's like runaway, aggressive fighting, talking back to teachers. And the last one on the list was attempt to cannibalism. No. 
we read this shit and like when we're reading it out loud like it was in that moment that like we thought we heard something from another room as we read that shit and we we're like all right we need to get the fuck out of here like this is crazy yeah. so we we close the file we put it back we run out of the place and all the while this is happening we were transitioning out of another band called no compromise and we were thinking about rebranding ourselves coming out with a new new face new name and dustin had said the name why not call it cannibal kids and that was it the rest is history chills <laughs> well no but actually if you guys don't make a music video out of that or like have yeah your- right I, now that you mentioned it that would be kind of an interesting idea for yeah. or, or when you guys have a, a a biopic and like you have to have yeah. someone like play like yourselves like that needs to be a scene and you know how like you know how what's it called i think it's like noisy or somebody does those like where they animate the story yeah yeah that's exactly what i'm trying to think of but i the only word that came out was biopic (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah that that is a funny story and it that name it ended up being such a strong statement because not only was it some kind of weird experience that we all had at the same time and we all really really related to it kind of like artistically also allowed us to create this 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 aesthetic of juxtaposing beauty and gore um and that's kind of what the whole idea of cannibal kids is is this idea of juxtaposing very contrasting ideas something as gross and as scary as a cannibal but also comparing it to the word kids which is an innocent kind of lighthearted thing you know and all of our artwork reflects that and all of our music in some way or another tries to reflect that theme too. Wow. I, like, I wish you could see my face right now. My mouth is literally like jaw dropping. <laughs> I'm happy you guys enjoy it. I mean, like. No, of course. You don't understand. Like, we have all of these. It's 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 not even ever like a competition when it comes to like having people on the show. But just every single week, we're always just like surprised by everyone who comes on and like the stories everyone tells. But starting off with just this story but the way that you 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 can tell that everything you guys do is like fully calculated like very much like goal oriented I don't know why but I just like your social movements your website like your just the music cover like the videos you guys have a great image and I'm I'm just like really I don't know I'm really in love with you guys right now thank this you, is thank you. no seriously thank you guys there is I, I love con I love a continuity I love looking at an artist's work and seeing reoccurring themes throughout their their discography or filmography or anything that they do I love seeing how the artist is fully embodied by the art you know where you could see it where it's a consistent image throughout the whole throughout their whole careers so I've always loved artists that have those kind of careers and this is our way of creating that is it's through cannibal kids. That's amazing. You got, and it, this has been going on for a couple of years and I'm, I'm guessing this has been just an upward like progression, but I, I wanted to ask because, you know, you guys are the, I, we, when we were doing the research and like, you know, reading up on you guys and all of these different compliments that people give you. But one of the things that I read was that uh, the Cannibal Kids aren't a band that are that's just going to like disappear in a year or two. They're here to stay. And I 100% see that. Um, I think not only just like your music, but like you guys are just very well-rounded as, as a band. And I'm 
one of the other things was that you guys have like a really fun fan base. It seems like when was that moment that you kind of, that you guys kind of all realized like, Oh wait, this is really happening. Like we are a fan, like a, a fan driven, super, I don't know. I, right. Right. I, I get what you're saying. Kind of like, I feel like it's always live. Yeah. I, I'm always reminded of it when we play our shows live. Probably one of the earliest ones we were, uh, one of our first tours, we went out to Arkansas. It was one of the stops on the tour, playing this music <laughs> festival called Riverfest, and it was with uh, Giant, Young the Giant was the headliner for the day. We were playing the same stages as us. Knox Hamilton was playing like right after us, and everything mm-hmm. it was a great show. And we're here all the way in Arkansas, so we come up to play our set, and we see a bunch of kids on like the rail all singing along to the songs, and we're just like, oh wow, we're nowhere near our home. All the way out here, and people know every word of these songs. Never played in Arkansas. Never even. I don't even know yeah. a fucking person in Arkansas before. <laughs> <laughs> I got no Facebook friends in Arkansas. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that whole fe- um like tour was like a big moment of realization for us. Yeah, because we were you you get to break that digital barrier now. It's physical now. You see the people. You get to see the kids, and and it's a it's a really weird thing. Yeah, it's not just a number on a spreadsheet or something. Right. It's like a yeah. physical connection. Especially right now, I think like, well, what ends up happening when you're, when I think like you're a DIY artist is you're so in your studio, you're always writing music, you're always focusing on online content, you're always focusing on how to release things and make it look cool online and make people engage online that you forget that a million people listening to your song is actually a million people. Mm-hmm. And it almost like, gets like impersonal. Yeah, it feels totally impersonal. Like you see these numbers. Yeah, and you, and you don't think like you know. Today we actually just hit seventy thousand monthly listeners, which is a huge milestone for us. Congrats. And it feels and it feels like oh my god, like seventy thousand, like that's a great number. But then like to actually see even five hundred people come to a show is just a mind boggling thing because it's just a sea of humans. Like it's crazy. I've never thought of that. I feel like we're just so desensitized by these numbers. It's like a hundred million like views, and you're just like, oh yeah. That's like a yeah, yeah. video. But like, no, if you put those people in a room, like that's like a whole like that's fucking massive. Like it's yeah, like a lot of fucking people. Warm bodies and like breaths and heartbeats. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was the whole point of like being called base and like why we started this project with base, because you're from Florida, you got that Florida love, but you're seeing the world and being recognized for like your talents in every which way but you're based in one place yep and not and not put in a box which is like a question we always ask and katarina leads like what base means right so when people come when people come when bands or artists come on our show we usually ask this question um of like what does it mean to you guys to be miami based as opposed to like a local artist or just you know free flow like what is it to you guys to be miami based so when we travel out to different cities and we play in in other major cities sometimes non-major cities um you get a little taste of the scene because you always have openers you talk to them you say how is it over here what is it like over here is there a plethora of musicians do you find that the scene is alive and growing and to our surprise Miami, what Miami has is very special. The The music scene, the DIY scene and art scene in Miami is very special. It reminds me of when I go to Chicago or New York 
it's not necessarily to the crazy degree that those places have or the oversaturation that those places have is. But in Miami, we have a very alive, growing, excited scene in Miami. And I know every time people say this, they go, and it's growing, and it's growing. It's true, it's growing, but it's already so predominant. It's already so here. It's already happening here. Um, And I think that's amazing. Um, I'm literally almost moved to tears right now. I just like, this is so <laughs> like, like for instance, you're in LA, right? I know, I know you see everybody, you know, is probably some kind of artist or some kind of photographer or somebody who's in the world. of Yeah. Um, absolutely. Miami. It's, it seems like like a pot of gold when you find like those people and there's such a more of a community and it's nation. Cause I just moved from Miami back to LA and I've just known LA and comparing the two, it's like, one is special and exciting and almost crowd-like, you know, like a community, more community-like. And one is just like spread out and not very potent in one area. Just like everyone kind of has a little sprinkle of it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's like, I don't know, man. Miami's just so awesome like that. And, you know, what I really like about it is that there's so much going on and that there is a, there is such a, a predominant or, or dominant culture of music in Miami that when we were growing up, we were inspired by the bands that were playing. And now, to a certain degree, we get to be that inspiration for up and coming bands that are happening now. And it's just like so fucking cool to feel like um, we're getting past the torch. You guys are literally culture creators, culture curators. Like you, you are the fact that you're touring, you know, being just amazing and also happening to be based in Miami, like that leaves an imprint. Oh shit. Yeah. like stuff's happening down there and i, I know Which is all that you were like, people always say that it's growing and i'm i'm that person i'm literally like oh this is still so small it's just like in the beginning but like i guess i don't see uh i don't see the scene for what it is from the outside and I, like i'm i'm not the number one but like i'm i'm definitely in love with like the scene here and like i more than anything i mean the whole point of the show is to promote it but I don't know. I, yeah. What you guys just said yeah. was so nice. I'm literally like... Articulate. Yo, so articulate. I really want to know. I know you talked about it for a second, but what is like the your guys' personal backgrounds? And did you go to school? Like, what's your family life like? What you go have pets? Right, right, right. Go ahead. Uh, right now, I'm between jobs because, you know, whole Corona stuff right now. But I'm at home. I got a cat named Katie. She's great. She's actually 19 years old. <laughs> and she's the cutest little thing. And uh, I'm doing music, man. I'm at home. I'm working on music. And if not music, I'd probably do engineering or something like that. But right now, it's all music. Yeah. And for me, I live on a farm. So the <laughs> it's kind of, there's a lot of animals. <laughs> I have like cats and dogs, but they have also like a bunch of other more obscure animals. Horses, pigs, turtles, yeah. chickens, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all types koi. of shit. Koi. Yeah. There's a parrot here too. Um, and Luke, you're of Irish, or what is your descent? I'm, I'm German, German, descent. And Cuban, but mostly German. The Cuban doesn't really show up much. <laughs> I think everybody in Miami's like ten to five percent Cuban. Same as these guys. I'm born and raised here in Homestead. I came up from an immigrant, like uh, migrant worker family, so I grew up like super Mexican, um, and fell in love with music around middle school. But I've always kind of been into art ever since I was a little boy. Um, I've always loved art, 
movies, cartoons. Like I, I loved all of it, like a lot, a lot. Um, so yeah, I just did that. And I've had a bunch of different jobs. I've had bunch of weird shit and <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that let's say i ha- I do have a job and he works uh, undercover for the cia <laughs> and i guess your music speaks for itself in terms of like the quirky writing um which is exciting that that project the deadhead product came out this year 2020 yeah. so yeah. you came into 2020 bigfoot thinking like this is gonna change it all right and and oh, bro did it how do you feel so, okay, so here's how it goes, man. Like, we were making Deadheads over the period of about a year. Um, we didn't actually know it would be an album until late summer or middle of the summer of 2019. That's when we were like, okay, how about we got enough songs to actually write an album, to put it out? I had this idea about Deadheads and the concept behind that. So it was just a matter of tying everything together. And we also went on tour. We did a Florida run with Polar Boys that was very successful. And we had everything super, super planned out where it would be like the tour, a music video release, the album, another music video release. Um, uh, uh, What's it called? Maybe a bonus thing, a tour, more music videos. And all of this was happening all in motion. And literally within like a week, everything was just everything like, just no tours, no video shoots, nothing. <laughs> like it was, yeah. so then we were scrambling, obviously like we were just trying to be, we were on the same wavelength as every other artist in the world that was just like, fuck, everything has gone out the window. Now we have to readjust into this new schedule, pick up the pieces. What can we do now that we can't see anybody? How can we still write music if we can't see anybody? How can we still sustain the band financially without anybody, without no shows? Um, You know, we're still, I feel like in it, we're still in Corona season. So we're just trying trying to, to figure out uh, ways to keep active, to be present, to also squeeze out art in any way which is especially weird right now because i don't necessarily feel that inspired which is i feel like at least i'm not afraid to say that anymore because i know a lot of people feel that but i was definitely feeling that kind of way like in in like early may where i in april where i was like fuck dude i don't i don't feel like writing anything i don't have anything to say and that was really scary yeah i totally understand that but you guys still have that project and are still in that prime time of, you know, doing anything you can to get everyone to listen to it. Which yeah, which yeah. is which is awesome. So like people who were like Deadhead fans, like we we that was actually the highest stream day and like highest release we ever had was that album. Mm-hmm. So it was like awesome to get that response. And we know a lot of people love that album. We love that album we so love much. That so album. We still got other. We still got plenty of music videos and tours to happen for that album. So we it's all just kind of been postponed. Right and virtually. You've kept the content coming, which is all you really can do. And yeah. that helps put like a, an image behind the music. I Keep My Eyes Closed is the first one we want to play for these listeners. Um, that was your first one, right? That was a, that was a single. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when did that one come out? Uh, it came out 2019, I think May. Right. So last year. Okay. But yeah. it's, it still feels new to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels... 
it feels yeah, somewhat new. Yeah, I guess it's no, been a year. It still right? feels new. It still when, feels new. When you think about like how we've been playing the Bloom songs since like 2016, basically, yeah. like before Bloom was even a thing, we've been playing some of those songs. Yeah, that's also so true. That's also we definitely true. like. I feel to me at least it feels pretty fresh. Yeah, for sure. And we love "I Keep My Eyes Closed." That was one of the first songs that was completely finished on the record, and it set precedent for the whole thing. Yeah, you can tell. You can totally tell. Even though it's not it's not listed first, right? But it feels like a really good I always say this, like summary to the whole project. It it sounds like a foundation song. Yeah, it does with, have that summer vibe for sure. It's like that sad boy summer vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and the visuals too. I guess we could talk about it after we play it. Should we intro it and then speak a little bit more about the process of it? Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, we're Cannibal Kids. This is our new single, I Keep My Eyes Closed, off our album, Deadheads. Listening on bass. Okay. I never reminisce about the best. I never think about the times we lost. Oh, no. I never think about the way I feel. My head up looking forward for the next drill Just love me, love, oh just heard i keep my eyes closed by the cannibal kids um Word. we're about to just chat a little bit about 
how that all came to fruition. So we were just saying that that's kind of like the foundational track. Uh, it kind of does really set the tone for the whole entire album. How did you guys come to this song? Like, what was the the birthing of I Keep My Eyes Closed? Um, you know, on, I, there was one that came from me, Dustin. I don't on, honestly don't even remember how I came up with the riff, but it all started with the guitar track, like the intro track, the first thing you hear. Mm -hmm. And the main thing I just remember was like going into my car, like to try to record some like rough ideas for the vocals. And just because I liked the idea, just like I felt private in my car, or things felt private in my car. So um yeah it's, it's kind of yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> and those vocals are like a gem to hear they're so fucking funny are they yeah still in the original project file yeah we yeah still, we still have, we them. Still have yeah. them. so it's just like dustin like like he just was singing this melody um i actually the, the melody you had that stuck with me was the verse melody that and i had and so dustin had this project um, and he shows it to Luke and I, and I remember feeling really excited. And if you're an artist, like, you know, that feeling of like, you feel like you struck gold almost. I know I feel like that a lot of the times when right. I know that we've written a really good song. Um, I feel almost like, oh yes, like this is it. Like you, you feel like you've been fishing for ideas and you finally got like a good catch. Um, so when I heard that track and I heard Dustin's melody on it, I already, felt like we could have an entire project that sounds like this and at the time we were all we all still are very big fans of like kkb kira kira bonito and nell ward and a lot of these other kind of acts that, that live in this quirky electronic -y, indie rock indie pop world um so we were just like let's finish this song and see what happens you know we all did our part to finish the idea and when it was finished and we showed it to our label, they were like, whoa, like this is super different. This sounds nothing like Bloom, but we were like, guys, like really, we think this could be something really, like a really dope idea to base a project on. Um, and they were like, they trusted us enough to keep going. And we did. And next wow. thing you know, we had a lot of different songs in our hands. Um, but it was funny because when that song was getting written, we were also writing songs like voicemail and I had already had grasshopper and save me the time more or less conceptualized. So it was when we were creating the project, I'm jumping ahead here. Okay. Right. Right. I just want to say though, but like when we had finished, I keep my eyes closed. We were like, how can we turn these other ideas to fit in that world? What other kind of instruments and, and arrangements can we do to make this sound more like that? Cause um, yeah, those yeah. songs sound pretty different. Once, once we had like the instrumentation down, usually we write most of the instrumentation and then I'll come in and, and start writing vocals and, and lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then I'll throw kick back from Luke and Dustin. They'll throw ideas back at me with those kind of things. And I just, at the time I was like coming out of a really, not coming out of, how should I say this? I was like in this weird place with dating and I just was dating around a lot. And I had all of these different weird stories of different people that I was with and different feelings of love. Cause I think there's like just so many things to explore when it comes to relationships. So I just wanted to write like this idea of writing a really vulnerable song about like, yo, like there's some times where 
you know, I look at old pictures or I, I hear old voice memos or I see things from other partners and I, I just can't stomach seeing it. Like it hurts too much. Totally understand that. Totally. Yeah. So that, that's where that idea came from of like, like when you talk to me, like I keep my eyes closed. I, I don't want to see, I don't want to be here. This might sound like a little fucked up, but I, when I first heard that song, I couldn't stop thinking about that meme. That's like, I close my eyes. I don't see it. You know what I'm talking about? I do not see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's essentially the same idea. Yeah. yeah the, it's the, the same like, thing. I do not see it. Like, you know, I don't know. That was, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm covering your eyes hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I definitely feel that. And I, I was going to actually ask about your writing process. You read my mind. Um, I like that. It's very collaborative. I think that's so important for like a healthy growing group of musicians. Yeah. And it, it's funny because we've been writing music together for so long that it feels like almost like my writing process involves Luke and Dustin. And yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like they are a part of it. It's not just like I've got a song at home where I'm sitting at home on a piano or guitar and I've got a verse and a chorus. It's like, okay, that's maybe 20% of it. The other half is, what can Luke bring to the table? What can Dustin bring to the table to fill it out to be a hundred percent a finished song? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you can feel the energy of the three of you just listening, like as a listener, which is awesome. And I wanted to ask a little backtrack when you mentioned your label. I mean, can you explain your, your process with them? Because there are a lot of independent houses coming out of Florida or coming out of all over the nation, but how has that impacted this project or changed? We've been, yeah, we've been with Shamax Records for a, a hot minute. They're our, our closest allies with everything. Um, they help us out a lot. And the thing is, is that it's a very small company. So um, they, the company is made of music fans. Like the head producer, GB, who's mm -hmm. like one of our producers, he is a music dictionary, a music anthologist, if you will. This guy's got fucking records and cassettes and CDs and music movies up the ass. His house is like a little music museum. Mm -hmm. So it's always really great to hear. And he, and he is a little bit older, but it's cool because he's such a music fan that I just, I trust like his taste. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it feels really good to get validation from them and, and, and know that they trust us because we know that we're on a good track. Cause they wouldn't be afraid to tell us guys, we don't know if this is a good idea or they yeah. wouldn't be afraid to tell us like, guys, I don't know about this one. Are you sure you, you sure about that? So even with a song like love girl, which was like in that weird area of like between albums, um, that song was pretty off topic from bloom, but Again, they, they are in the same philosophy as us where it doesn't matter what the fuck the genre is. Is the song good, you know? And I'm happy that when they give us that feedback of this is a good song, we believe this could be a single. Like, it only validates that, like, we're on the right track. We feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And it, that, that point when sometimes the people you're working with, you know, kind of questions what's happening is even better when you receive that validation. And... Mm -hmm. I was wondering with these singles, did you guys have those scheduled releases where like you're going to do three singles and you're going to do the full project? I know that you, <laughs> I know that's what, 
that's um, a weird and more business sided question. Oh, no, that's a great question. Yeah. I just wish I don't want to tarnish the cannibal kids as super thorough and thought out kind of people. Cause <laughs> if you only knew how like on the cuff and, <laughs> and how improvised a lot of things can be, but we, yeah. you know, it happens all over the place. I mean, we, we had, uh, we had a bit of an idea, like what we wanted to do, but it also is just like, in a way, like what's ready, where are we at? Yeah. At the moment. Like we have a plan, we have like an ideal, like a perfect scenario, and we just make what we can work toward that in a way. Yeah. And like we had like all of Deadheads done basically, and we just kind of redid our plan because we tried to, you know, we brought somebody else on board with it. Yeah. And not only that, but it was like, like how Luke said, it would be like, okay, well, we, we know that we want to make an album. We know that it's going to be Deadheads. What songs are ready and what songs sound singly? Um, and my eyes closed, like I said, was one of those songs. And then I think we released, uh, save me the time after that. And then we released voicemail. voicemail, but we weren't, you know, we weren't like totally sure how many singles we wanted to release. And these were all released over the span of a year. So we were kind of like, ah, like we don't want to cut it too short. We also don't want to give too many songs away. Cause then people might feel like they already heard most of the album. So it's yeah, like a weird balance you have to play. Yeah, 100%. I think we should actually play the next singles, which you mentioned were Save Me the Time and Voicemail. So if you guys don't mind introing that for us. Hey, we're Cannibal Kids, and this is our two singles, Save Me the Time and Voicemail, off our newest record, Deadheads, coming at you live on Bass. Is there an answer for Sunday? You know that I'm always halfway on the line Cause I know you're more than just a dime And it would be nice if I could get a text message on time So I don't have to feel this way Like I'm always stuck in a game And where is your head? Cause you know that my patience running
introspect I need more intelligence I need more of myself So it doesn't matter I need to disconnect My soul and air from my chest I need more of myself So it doesn't matter Oh, 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 oh,
time to settle on a light And all the time is changing She says I need to inhale After hearing those voice messages From where we were together What is up, everybody? We got the Cannibal Kids here on Bass. It's a good day to be listening to Bass. And you just heard two of their singles from their last LP, Save Me the Time and Voicemail. Both phenomenal. Both of our favorites that we use to kind of promo the show. So tell us, Cannibal Kids, the kids, a little bit about your thought process into these songs I know that a lot of this project has to do with relationships as you mentioned and like South Florida living but what do these two songs kind of say about you guys so to me I know it's fun because I get to hear so many like interesting interpretations of deadheads and a lot of people consider this a very linear story but I when I was writing it I was trying to journal a bunch of different relationships and different things that happened in those relationships so these two songs are dedicated to two totally different people. Um, and Save Me the Time, I wrote a lot of the instrumentation at home just one day, totally random. It kind of just came to me. Um, and I was feeling like I wanted to write like a, a Gus Dapperton kind of song, kind of like with those like synthy electronic guitars kind of vibe. Um, so, but then lyrically... Um, I wrote it when we pretty much had most of the song finished. Um, and same at the time was about like when you date somebody and you're in that weird era of like texting back and forth and you're dating, but it's not exclusive and it kind of feel like you're tugging and pulling to get this person's attention. And you're just sitting there kind of confused as to why it is this way, you know? Yeah. So that was the basis of the verses and, and, and choruses. And then when we wrote the bridge, I wanted to, I, we knew that this would be the last song of the album from the very beginning. We were like, this is going to be the last song of the album. We need a big break. We need a big turning point. And even though we have, um, this will be the last time I write, which is technically the last song of the album. This is the last full length track. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we wanted this one to kind of have like a turning point. So in the bridge, it turns on this kind of introspective idea of like, what are the things that I need to do? What are the things that I could do better? Um, and, and at least praise myself as to what I have. Because um, a lot of times when a, you know, when a heart breaks even, or when a heart breaks, it doesn't break even, you know? Period. So, to me, that was like the last part of the song is like trying to, you know, I guess give yourself a little pat on the back on what you can do. Yeah, introspective wrap up. I feel that. <laughs> and it's cool that you released that as your second single, but like new 
that that was going to wrap up this project. That kind of goes back to the idea of like, we didn't always have everything finished, but like, this is the one that was finished and we like this one. So we'll put it out now. Right. And the second one was, uh, the second one that we just heard was voicemail, which I think is probably, could be possibly the most fun track on this project. Just including the extra bonus points that you get for that music video. How, like, can you guys talk about that music video? Who, who came up with that concept? Like. We yeah, we worked yeah. <laughs> we worked with Michael Lozano, who's a super duper talented director, cameraman, movie fanatic guy here in Miami. He's fucking amazing. He's a one man army. We met up with him, and over some coffee at Starbucks, we just talked about what kind of uh, what kind of story can we tell with the song. And Dustin had brought this song to the table. And had that hook figured out where it was like, I swear I can never do wrong with you. He had that line. And the idea came from me. Like I was, I have hundreds of voicemails on my phone. I've, I've had the same phone number <laughs> my whole life. So I have hundreds of voicemails and I have voicemails dating back to years ago. And wow. one day I just heard a voicemail from an old relationship and it made me super nostalgic and super like, oh shit. Ooh. And that feeling that it gave me, I was like, okay, I think this could be a cool idea for a song. Yeah, that uh, inflection of a voicemail where it's like, tells exactly where you were with that person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, it, it, it's like a bittersweet I, a feeling, you know what I mean? Like you, you look at the past and you say, wow, like I was so in love at this point. Like, you know, there's, it's weird that like, I'm not anymore. Weird. Right. So... So we had this idea and we we were like, yo, what if we were just like a, a band on tour and like we kind of just showed like a little bits of what it's like to be on the road. Um, and we tried to just do little events like getting gas and getting robbed and staying at a shitty motel. Yeah, <laughs> These are all things that are very possible for a band to go through and all the while would be like, you know, we're missing these calls because we're on the road because we're busy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. I really like that. And I love that each track has a story, but when it comes to like deadheads as a project, Hey, does that have any type of like reference to the grateful dead? I have to ask. Everybody uh -huh. does our label like knocked us on it. They were like, are you sure you want to call it deadheads? Like you understand how like established that word is. I was like, oh, are you trying to make a cover album here? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we didn't even know about it. Yeah. yeah honestly, I, I, I knew about it. I knew about it. I'm, I listen. I remember I, saying something to you guys. You guys were like, what? Huh? Yeah. Like <laughs> I, you know, I'm like a big music fan. I know a lot of music. I'm not like a super, I don't know too much about the Grateful Dead. So shame on me for not knowing. I found out when researching about it. Um, but we were kind of like, yo, I was going to be like, yo, I, if, if I don't really know about it, like chances are, I don't know. Like I, I know a lot of millennials and Gen Z kids probably don't. Know I, I fully can vouch for not knowing about it. And I only recently found out what the Grateful Dead was. And part of it was, I think, because of you, Jordy, and also because I bought like <laughs> a shirt from a guy who like makes Grateful Dead shirts and tie dye. And. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Grateful Dead. But I think that also just has to, I, I don't know, just by listening to what your background is, like it might have to do with the fact that. Right, right. Which, which honestly, like, I don't blame you. I, I only blame myself that I don't know more about the Grateful Dead because they're awesome. They're a huge part of history. Yeah. But, but Deadheads itself, 
Um, I was fishing, like doing artistic research as to just concepts to make art behind. That's kind of something I do a lot. So one concept that came up on me, I was reading a, a dictionary for botanists because I love plants and shit like that. And I figured there'd be a word in there that could be inspiring. Mm-hmm. So I go to D because my name's Damien. And I was like, I'm going to start <laughs> here. And quite literally, the first word I found was deadheads. And after I read what deadheads was, I closed the fucking book and I threw it away. And I said, I don't need to read anymore. This is exactly what I was looking for. Wait, so what, what is it in the in the botany definition in the botany dictionary right so so the definition of deadheads is the process of cutting flower heads to encourage further blooming um and honestly when i read that it kind of like sent chills down my spine because i was like fuck yes this is it like this is one of those moments where i was like we found it like i i I caught a really big fish um and yeah, the previous project was was named Bloom. Cannibal Kids also has this very heavy reoccurring theme of nature and how Bloom. nature plays a huge role in everything we do. So Bloom was like the idea of starting something. It's the 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 yeah, that idea of starting something and deadheads would be the contrast of that, the cutting of all of the all of these excess things in our lives to encourage further blooming and and grow as a person. That is- the most perfect the idea of the project is like writing out all of these love songs and these breakup songs and these different relationships that we were going through in order to get past them and to grow as a person that couldn't have been more accurate for the shift between like bloom and deadheads like that's literally you said it it's the perfect contrast that's yo like i told you like i felt like i struggled in a certain way and I actually found that word um, t- late 2018 is when I found that word. And you it had it in mind. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was just so perfect because even visually, like we're cannibal kids, dead heads. Like it just, it was just perfect. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like when, when things yeah. just fit together like that, you just like, got to run with it. Right. A hundred percent. And I love that you brought up that whole like love for, nature and the flora fauna i remember that term i learned as as that brings up the next song too like grasshopper which means like a thousand different things like when you think of a grasshopper you have a thousand different connotations so i'm excited to like understand what that one meant to you should we intro it and then okay okay. (laughs) all right you guys ready ready okay we're cannibal kids. <laughs> hey, we're cannibal kids. This is our song Grasshopper from our LP Deadheads, and you're listening to it live on Base. I remember being me high to the grasshopper, running into the sun. He said you could be anything you want, so I turned to him and sung.
sleeping again But just for tonight But I'm just another motherfucker in the street Trying to eat, trying to go out and to see And I don't feel nothing else for me everyone welcome back you just heard grasshopper by the cannibal kids the cannibal kids are here with us in our virtual studio and we're just you know it's very nice of you. <laughs> thank you so much um do you guys want to talk about what we just heard with our very ears yeah man so so grasshopper i wrote a, a the intro verse um and verse super sick i was very i had i was like had a cold he was at home yeah and i and i literally my voice sounded like like a little indie boy so i was like oh this is the perfect time to record vocals (laughs) so i was super sick and i wanted to write like a glitzy kind of like happy go lucky song and it all started because i again was researching looking up different things and um Sometimes like I go on like websites that that are archives for old sayings and old um what are the words idioms mm, old idioms yeah and there's an idiom in the song called uh that says uh knee high to the grasshopper and I just thought that was a beautiful imagery and basically it's just an idiom for stating somebody's very young so to me like when I was writing that song that whole song is about like being young growing up with this idea of being a, a successful musician and then waking up and realizing like this shit is so fucking hard <laughs> and yeah. it requires a lot and there's a lot to it. So the song is like a story. So the beginning of the song, eh, that little intro verse is all about a young Damien talking about like, you know, when I was young, I had these dreams come into the chorus and it's like the present day, like shit that we're doing right now. And the hook just reinforces that. The bridge coming towards the el- tail end of the song where it does the bossa nova groove and it's filtered is talking yeah, more where, where it talks more about like um, just this yearning for more time, yearning for more energy, yearning for the things that I don't have right now. So 
technically supposed to be the first song on the album. Yeah, with the whole intro and everything, we thought, oh, that'd be a really nice opener for it. Yeah. But just, like, but right we, before, we were listening to all the songs a whole lot, and we were just like, mm, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if this would make a great intro. Yeah. Like, to me, this one, like, sonically, not even just talking about, like, the writing of it, it sounds the most, like, Bloom to me. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels a little bit, like, has a bit of a Bloom mm. track vibe. Even the way we made it, like the way we tracked the drums and everything, it was yep. pretty much the same way as the other record. So it that's was really almost... interesting. So it was a good transitional from one project to another. Yeah. yeah, and that was one of the first songs that we had for the album for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that was still only using the old laptop and everything. Yeah, we were using a totally different setup when we wrote that song. Yeah, I love listening to like how different artists like put the placement of their albums and. We've even gotten someone say like, oh, I didn't even think about how I put them together. This was just like the order they ended up in. But yeah, some people have no control, actually. Usually that's a label thing. Usually like for for majors, like their labels, their producers and managers pick the track listing because usually that's kind of a commercial thing and they don't want the artist to kind of be outside of that because they can have a filter. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because a lot of artists be like, no, I want this to be the opener. And, and then like, they'll be like, no, dude, this song's not that great. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So but luckily, because we're so close with our label and like we and we're such a close-knit team, we all sat together and listened to the album from start to beginning in different orders, and then we picked the order that we liked the most. Yeah, everyone gave their input, us, the label guys. Everyone. Yeah, everybody. Right, and I have to say – that off the record, because I do kind of work with this artist or have in the past, but this song sounds like it could be like a better uh, Rex Orange County song. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've heard it. You know, I, I was definitely, um, I love Rex Orange County. I think he's an, a, a magnificent songwriter. Um, you know, I was somewhat pulling from that world, I guess you could say, very unintentionally. I wrote the song like late 2018. So at that point, I think Flower Boy had just came out and right. I think Rex had just opened up on the scene. So it was kind of like a like a happy accident that I was writing this kind of song all the while that this was also going on. Also, you worked with Rex? That's really That's cool. pretty fucking wild. <laughs> yes, uh, for his label. Um, and I was trying to promo him all over Miami for months and I Katarina can attest that I was like <laughs> handing out pins and like lighters and trying to get people to the excess of that but that's a different yeah for another time but again like, there's, <laughs> there's a market in Miami for like that type of vocal and that sultry feeling um kind of soul but at the same time people like told me it reminded them of a Disney movie really that it has like beginning part that with the yeah it kind of like that what's the name of that movie toy kids no this is so embarrassing which toy story oh my god toy kids oh my god i can't believe i just said that i'm like horrible that is so fucking funny i'm going to like publicly shame you you need to yeah we'll run by it don't worry don't worry that was horrible, but like, yeah, Toy Story. Didn't he do a song for that album? Um, with uh, yes, well, he did a cover. He did a cover of uh, a friend. No way. Yes, that's what it was exactly. Well, let me tell you something, bro. Randy Newman. This is a household of Randy Newman fans. We fuck with Randy Newman. Our whole first tour. Every time we were packing up, we didn't even do this on purpose. It was just it just started happening. 
someone would start singing that song and just as we're just shoving all of our equipment in the van and just be well, yeah. rolling, in your miles and miles from it. bro so every stupid. fucking time dude and that said that was pretty much the vibe for the whole tour wait speaking of tour i just feel like I just want to ask out of curiosity, this is kind of like one of those like personality test questions, but what if you guys could pick one t- like music festival to play out wh- as like a headliner? What what is like the dream headliner? festival to be like a headliner at for you guys? Fuck. Ooh, okay. I mean, just because Bro, there's put, so many good legendariness ones. of it and just like what it means. Coachella is yes. obviously up there. Right. But, oh, there's so bro, many. there's so many good oh festivals. Gosh. Glastonbury. Bro. Oh, oh bro. that's my favorite. Yeah. I would kill to go to Glastonbury. My whole life. But we'll pick that one. That's our answer. Good answer. Locked in. <laughs> that's it. And I, you guys are on a tour right now, though. I've, I've heard. Yes, we are on tour right now. We are on uh, the Bedroom Pop Tour <laughs> exclusively on YouTube. We got to deal with them. <laughs> no, we don't. Can you talk to us a little bit about what the Bedroom Pop Tour consists of and where we can find it if we want to, you know, attend? Yes. So if you want to get tickets to the Bedroom Pop Tour, you must subscribe to the Cannibal Kids YouTube page. You can Google Cannibal Kids. It'll be the first thing that shows up. That's where you can also find all of our audio tracks for our songs for free. And you can also find our music videos that we released last year for the album and we'll release future music videos. So the Bedroom Pop Tour, um, despite coronavirus shitting the bed, (laughs) fucking everybody up. Um, we said, fuck you, coronavirus, fuck Corona. We're going on tour, even if we're going to be the only fucking band that's doing it right now. And we toured around Dustin's house. So we, (laughs) this idea (laughs) was formed out of the need to perform and to love our audience with some good content. So we just wanted to do a vlog style tour, which we've always wanted to do, but that's just logistically really difficult when you're running your own tour. Um, Because you also have to create an online show, which is very difficult to have that personality when you're driving 4,000 miles from place to place and you're tired as fuck and you haven't eaten a decent meal in three weeks. (laughs) Very specific. So um, we, yeah, so we're going, we we went on the road. We hit up very popular venues like the pond in front of Dustin's house, Dustin's bedroom. (laughs) Dustin's roof. The roof canceled on the us. The roof man. canceled on us. We had to re uh schedule with a last new, minute. Thank yeah, God last the, minute. The balcony was able to have it. We had the balcony there, great venue. Out? We have nice, super nice green room at the balcony. Oh yeah, yeah. Super nice. <laughs> and we finished off the tour. We finished off the tour in the living room. Mm-hmm. Hipster spot. Hipster bar. Well no that that yeah. show's still coming. Yeah, we're almost we're gonna be playing that show pretty soon, actually. If I can one thing about your bedroom pop tour is the editing is is it's honestly like what gets me the most (laughs) (laughs) shout out to our artists and actually we can have a a very nice segment here to give our artist brianna piedra she is the fourth cannibal kids member the unseen cannibal kids member she works very hard to make everything we do look great so Brianna Piedra is a dear childhood friend of mine and is now a very good friend of the whole band. She and I, you know, like when two puzzle pieces fit perfectly together, 
Oh my god. We're not that, but we're like <laughs> you all, you cut the puzzle piece to actually Someone fit. Smash them together. together and we just are we've been working together for so long that our brains just I don't even have to say certain things and she knows exactly what I'm talking about. She's the greatest fucking artist I've ever met in my life. Shout out. Yeah, and 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 listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. She's off the radar. She doesn't have an Instagram. She has a cookie company that she just started called they're, Kenya's they're Cookies. Delicious. Premium ass cookies. So if you want to order, order online at Kenya Cookies. Exclusively South Florida. Yeah, exclusively South Florida. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Plug, plug her in. Kenya's Cookies, is like where on Instagram or as a website? On Instagram, yeah. Kenya's Cookies on Instagram, yes. We need that plug. All right, continue. Cookies with a K, by the way. Yeah. Very way, important yeah. detail. Thanks. And Brianna's like literally a genius. Like she's, she was painting like Mozart at like. Like painting like Mozart. She was literally painting like <laughs> Mozart. Oh, wait, wait, I'm fucking drunk. <laughs> oh my God. That's like a toy kid type of thing. <laughs> I'm drunk. Okay. She was like painting like Picasso in the there sixth grade. Like literally a genius. So. Um. <laughs> yeah, she edits the bedroom pop tour, and she's the best fucking editor ever, ever. And, and she's done all the album arts, like all the, the beautiful artwork. Oh, really? She's done a lot of the promo. She done did most of the promotional photography and um, everything for Deadheads and Bloom. She's the best. I. That's another cohesive moment, like where everything comes together with you guys, because. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we call her. That's why she's the fourth Cannibal Kids member, the unseen member. Right, the brain behind it all. It's always a, it's always yes. a woman's touch, don't you think? It's always the, the womanly touch. You're not wrong. Yes, always. I Dude, like that is a, that is the most truest stereotype ever. It is true. We'll take it, to be fair. And like, yeah. that's why the two of us, like as the base girls, that's like a lot of woman touch. <laughs> so we like, have, we like having like the, the, the boy bands on to like even us out you know <laughs> do you call yourself a boy band yeah we're yeah, definitely sometimes yeah. Yeah. yeah we're definitely he's sometimes. like yeah definitely 100 percent, and you're like oh sometimes i mean <laughs> <laughs> or have you guys like partaken in any sort of choreographed boy band dancing type of <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we don't choreograph we don't choreograph dances but we do choreograph events at shows like we we do think out the whole show and we're like okay at this point i'm gonna do this dustin and i are gonna put our heads together luke's gonna do this marty's gonna do this we're gonna hop off the stage at this point in the show like we 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 have like a choreographed show, but maybe we should start adding some dancing. We do have dances. We all dance. You know what I mean. But yeah. maybe it's time that we start. You know that two step. We start bringing that two step. The hot house slide. Yeah, start busting out that Miami stanky leg. You know what I mean. <laughs> okay, perfect. So you guys are a boy band in in your own terms, and. Yeah. You, that was we heard Grasshopper. We took a little excursion away from Grasshopper, which is a really special song with a lot of feeling behind it. We have a few more we want to play. And Sweet. are you playing these songs on your bedroom tour, like such as Falling? Yes. Yeah, so, so so far we and the really fun thing that we tried to do with the bedroom pop tour is that they're different renditions of the songs. So we did like a kind of swing jazzy version of Save Me the Time for the first episode. And then we did like a super acoustic, but somewhat quirky electronic version of I Keep My Eyes Closed. 
And then we did like a kind of stripped down Motown feel for uh, falling in love at Wii Sports Resort. And then for Grasshopper, you're just going to have to wait to see it to see what we did with it. Cool. It's a special gem. I love that. So let's talk about this next song because it has the funniest name. And we even included it in our caption when we were promoting the show, Falling in Love <laughs> at Wii Sports Resort. Explain that quickly before we play it. Um, before we start, that song was one of those songs that was written very late into the album. We wrote 1500 and Falling in Love at the same time. Um, and and Falling in Love was written in a matter of like one hour. And then it took us probably a week to finish tracking it and getting everything like ready and cleaned up. That song was by far the quickest song on the album. It's like every album has like one of those. For sure, and it always and it kind of always it always kind of ends up being like kind of my favorite. That's kind of my favorite track, one of them at least. And wrote it in a night, and that song is about liter quite literally falling in love in a surreal place. And I kind of did that. I kind of like fell in love in the in the making of this album with somebody, and mm. that song is, I guess, my interpretation of that. And also the little piano solo in like in the end or like halfway through like really sounded like something you hear in like a Wii Sports soundtrack. And that's that's where so yeah, so we knew that the song would be like a falling in love song, and then we were digging around trying to come up with a good instrumental solo, and that ding ding ding, ding. like those three notes were like that's it, that's Nintendo, like we did it. <laughs> that's insanely clever. I love that. Should we give it? A, should we give it a listen? Also. We wanted to play with that one, Sweetwater Girl, which we'll talk about because that's, I mean, Katarina told me this, but Sweetwater is part of Florida. <laughs> part yes, of yes. Miami. So Sweetwater Girl, believe it or not, is the actual first song ever written for Deadheads. And we wrote it when, a little bit after, a little bit after Bloom. Um, and I wrote it because Dustin was in recording two at Miami Dade, shout out Miami Dade, and he mm -hmm. needed to have a band uh, to record for that for that class project. So out of a necessity of needing a song, I wrote one pretty quickly, and it was Sweetwater Girl, based on girls from Sweetwater FIU. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, let's play those two, because they feel very close to heart. Um. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Cannibal Kids. These are our new songs, Sweetwater Girl and Falling in Love at Wii Sports Resort off our new album, Deadheads, and you're listening to it live on Base.
Hello, everybody. You are listening to The Cannibal Kids live here on Based. Really fun and exciting episode. They're incredible to speak to, articulate as fuck, as well as just being funny. And we love a good sense of humor. I'm so happy that you just said fuck right now. It just feels so freeing at this point. Literally. Speaking of, you just heard two songs that are being promoted still even with Corona, which is great and really telling about your guys' ethic as well as the modern day virtual climate, you know, that type of thing. But you are falling in love at We Sports Resort as well as Sweetwater Girl. I cannot, like, I listened to the song for the first time and I've actually very recently played We Sports Resort and now I can't stop thinking about the two people who like do the the fencing or the wrestling on the platform. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's yeah. the ve- I love that mini game too. That's like one of the that's best that's ones. who I'm thinking about falling in love when I hear the song. Those, like, <laughs> you know, I t- we're we're all really big video game fans. Um, so we we all play games on the side, and we could talk about video games for fucking hours. You ever, you ever like just meet somebody and you're like, this isn't real life. I don't know. Yeah, That's what that's okay, period. That, yeah. You know, when you meet somebody and you're like casually jogging next to them and you're shaking a white controller in your hand and you're like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Perfect. Perfect. That's exactly, I know that feeling too. I'm just like, am I in like a different dimension? What's, what is the, the NASA happenings today? Oh, right. Right. And, and if we're going to get like really like deep about it you know it's that it's that bewildering feeling of you just fall in love and then it's there and just as quickly as it comes it disappears wow. and you're left beat just damien you hit you hit hard in love huh <laughs> you fall hard <laughs> i i don't know man i i i i like to to think about it sometimes damien love is like you're playing Wii sports but then the thing comes up uh, pops up coming to take a break every now and then yeah that's what happens mm-hmm. yeah be cool down <laughs> we have Sweetwater Girl too. I mean, I mean that song obviously, the falling in love is such a classic, <laughs> timeless. We have Sweetwater Girl, which was written for a class. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Um, and the funny thing about Sweetwater Girl is when I when I was writing it with Dustin, I was like, bro, I want this to be that girl from X Street. I was like, I love like songs that say a street name. Um <laughs> So and specific. I was just listening. I, I was just listening to the or actually the drums just put out an album that have a song oh. um, that that also names a street. So I was like, bro, it's such a fun like girl next door. That's the girl next door, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. The same exact vibe. That's exactly what I was going for. So, um, but that song is more about like I guess the the person who's breaking up, like their perspective, because we hear a lot of songs about what it feels like to get bro- broken up with, but not always do we hear about what it feels like to break up with somebody and how that can also hurt you. And that can also feel some type of way. So yeah. that's why in the song, it's like in the chorus, it's like apologizing and also saying like, you know, like I'm like, we don't talk anymore. And like, this really hurts. And I don't care about the other boys that you're seeing that look like me. Like 
I just want you back in my life, mm. like as a the boys in your life that look like me. Wow. But I feel that though. All the guys that I date, like I feel like they're just looking for people that look like me, pros to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. I was like, bro, that girl that I was like, that boy looks literally just like me. Like yeah. what the hell? types uh, weird. Like, let's break that type stereotype. <laughs> literally. Um, but but instrumentally, um, what I'll say is Dustin and Luke made that song sound very different. Because I wrote that song on an acoustic guitar. And it was a lot more R&B. Well, it still has an R&B feel, but it was a lot more acoustic. And we did a whole recording of it with the whole acoustic vibes, too. Yeah. For the class on MDC. Yeah. So this is almost like the second time around for this track. Right. And and Dustin went in with it like a lot more electronic-based production. Based? So almost overnight. <laughs> based. <laughs> almost overnight. Based. Almost overnight, like he just had this this crazy synth based idea, like more electronic drums, and I was like, "This is it. This is the this is the vibe." Yeah. Oh, one thing we haven't talked about this whole time is just shout out shout out to Marty Quinn for coming in every all these songs pretty much coming in and laying down that bass. Yeah, Marty Quinn is our resident bass player. He tours with us, and he's just like, if anything, the fifth Cannibal Kids member. Um, he's super duper important to Deadhead's recording. He killed all of the bass on the album. He's a master at the bass. unit. Dude. He is the, the fucking unit. unit. Songs we had like what we like one of the guys would record, and then we'd come like Marty, do something, man, do it, Marty. Yeah, go, like go, we'd Marty. Like, go Marty, and like he popped off every fucking. Wow. <laughs> he's such a he's he's a little. Genius baby boy. I love him. <laughs> I love Genius that. baby boy. I love that. Okay, cool. So those two songs are absolutely so special to you guys and have such meaning and like actual real depth, which is great. What about as we're coming to like a wrap up of the show, like, can you guys give us a little bit of like a plan? Maybe what's in the works post Corona or during Corona? Are you writing? So yeah, man, like this is going to be a very funny year for Cannibal Kids. We're going to venture into some new ideas. We're going to do some features. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, but we got some features locked down. Mm -hmm. Um, We have uh, maybe a, perhaps a remix that's locked in. We definitely have tour plans. We definitely have new music videos in the works. So this is the year for Deadheads, and we only want to um, exemplify that. So yeah, bro. So be on the lookout, bro. Like, shit is not stopping. (laughs) Shit is not stopped for Cannibal Kids. We got mad shit on lock. So if you like what you've heard so far, you like what you're hearing out of these fucking, out of your headphones, out of your car speaker, Bro, come on, man. Stop being an asshole. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, plug it right Follow now. us on Spotify. Yeah, let's plug it real quick. You, I, I see you not touching your phone. Well, if you're driving, keep Well, driving. yeah, no. If, if you're, you're driving, driving, don't. Like, you can pause this and listen to it later. But uh, at Cannibal Kids. You can find us on any handle. On fucking TikTok to Instagram to Twitter to Facebook. Yeah, we have a TikTok, unfortunately. We do have a TikTok. <laughs> but if you want to follow us on there, you can. We are everything at Cannibal. Wow, you guys wow. have that handle without the the extra like periods or dashes or anything. Cannibal kids. Nothing. Nothing. We have it. Everything is just cannibal Coins. kids. I love it. And like you're saying. Oh yeah, just one of the hugest things for us too is a Spotify follow. 
a lot of people don't think of that that really helps us out with all like the algorithms and everything all these playlists yeah dude everything. if you if you listen to artists and you don't follow them like please consider any artist that you listen to follow it, their page it doesn't even really do anything for you but like this helps us so much i've yes, always wondered please. why i because i when i first got spotify i was very late in the game and i just like followed everyone that i liked and then i noticed other yeah. people don't do that and i was like but i don't get what the feature's for it's good to know that it's going right. somewhere good. What the feature is is that you'll get our music, you'll get alerted when we release you know, music. Sometimes, like if you have an email alert set up, it'll send you yeah. an email or something like that. You can turn that off if it gets annoying too. But just but knowing it helps us so, so, much. so much. It's a huge part of what we do. So please follow us. We are going to plug that to like post this show and talking during the show like to follow artists that's a really big thing that i think the stigma isn't like there yet like listeners don't know yes you gotta put some people on bro and let me tell you something if you do you're so much cooler than you know (laughs) you're way cooler if you follow artists on spotify and i won't even lie to you i was kind of insecure about it at first but now i feel better no, dude, you're a fucking superhero. You have no idea what you're doing for artists. It's so helpful. Um, speaking of that, what you're doing for artists thing, you guys have any type of merch or what? how else could a listener that loves you support you besides streaming day after day? So, so what's really dope is that not only if you follow us on Spotify, there is a link on our artist page that will send you directly to a COVID-19 relief fund. It sends directly to us. Now, we don't really plug it too much because we know it's hard times. We're not want to beg anybody for anything. But if you like what you hear, you want to help us in any kind of way, you can donate directly, like tip-like, to us on our Spotify page. Cool. Um, but if, if you want merchandise, we've got plenty of merchandise on our website. We're cannibalkids.com. I repeat, cannibalkids.com. You guys also have an amazing website, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we got our merch site up there. We got all the lyrics, little info, tidbits about us. Uh, just a great little time. You want to come check it out, learn more about us. Yeah. Whenever we get tour dates up, it'll be on there right away. You can follow us there. Do the email list there. Just everything, yeah. Cannibal Kids Central. You can find everything Cannibal Kids on our website. Literally everything. You can find their favorite color. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can find that as well. And about and about the merch page, we've got we've got a lot of different items coming from posters to t-shirts to hats. Um, you can buy physical CDs as well there, signed items as well, and we ship um, by ourselves. So you're supporting a small business directly wow. by purchasing from our. Website. Perfect. Well, we will we will definitely do that first and foremost. And now the listeners can too. And also, we just created merch too for based, so that yes, and it badass like guys. It? Like I really, yes, I thought everything looks oh, fucking awesome. So much that means so much to me right now. It's yeah, full uh, fully so that we can put more money into like this podcast and making it sick and editing software, everything. You know. Thank you guys so much for having we're, us, for real. This has actually been like a super-duper fun interview. Yeah, yeah. We're having so much fun, and you guys have been literally the biggest pleasure to have. Like, you're so articulate. <laughs> I love the way you guys talk. I love your philosophy, work ethic. You're just literally so well-rounded. I'm, like, proud of you, like, as if you were my children. Yeah. Mm. As if you were our kids. Thank you. Cannibal Thank you. ones. <laughs> you, we are your kids, guys. We're your cannibals. <laughs> More than anything, though, as much as you guys have the best music ever and 
you're just kind and like down to earth. And I think that will go a really long way for you guys. So I'm excited to see the future. I will also Thank you. welcome you with the warmest hug in LA when you headline your own tour at the Palladium. I see yes. the Promise, promise, promise we'll be in LA. Prom- we, we, we will definitely be in LA. A hundred percent. Good. Definitely. And we have two more songs that we're going to end the show off on. 1500 is the first one. Yeah. And then we have software. One, one last thing, one last little tidbit about software for my studio. Um, that song. That was another like one hour. Kind one of. hour kind of song. Yeah. <laughs> um, literally, we wrote that song on the software that we had just cracked. That was the first song we wrote <laughs> using the yeah. software we used to write the album because we were like one we were working on writing music and everything but like the software stopped working on our computer or like we didn't have any software to do it on our computer so like we literally got the new software working dustin was making that little beat and i think damien was like i just want to steal some <laughs> he said that line so then i just like was like i just wrote out the rest of it on my phone yeah. real quick and I, I gave it to him and then that's the song literally we wrote a song we wrote a song about stealing the software we used to make the album. it gives me um it gives me toro y moi vibes that that very yeah oh, yeah yeah man. i get that yeah for sure i loved it honestly like it's it's short but sweet i that's that's definitely my vibe right there yes and and last last thing 1500 little fun fact is the last song written for the album yeah that's true. that was the last song that was written for the album and it was actually built off an idea Dustin had several years ago. Like it was on a, it was literally on a on a hard drive for a MacBook that we hadn't used in at least a year and a half. That was a laptop song. Yeah, yeah. that was a laptop song. Sure. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so it was. It's a very old. So we built it off that song, and like fifteen hundred low key was like a fan favorite. Like people hit us up like, yo, fifteen hundred is fire, and I was kind of like, yo, is this a filler song or what? <laughs> and people people really liked it so i'm happy about that perfect i love this timeline that you were able to provide for us today and i think that's important for fans like people that listen to this album all the time like it's cool to know what song was written when or like how you guys felt mm-hmm. about it when you put it on this project so bless for that i'm a geek for stuff like that too like i love hearing all those little stories little insects I, I enjoyed all of this time. And again, I know I haven't, like, it's not as if I haven't said it enough, but like, you guys deserve all of the success that is coming your way and has already presented itself to you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's only the beginning, I guess. So we'll see you guys hopefully in the next, by the next project. Oh, for sure. Coming back on the next project, 100%. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. Let's, uh, last time hey we're cannibal kids these are our two songs 1500 and software for my studio off our new album deadheads live on Everything is broken and nothing 
it was a surprise Seeing truth from your lies And though it's hard for me to see through your pride I have to admit I was ignorant And I get that we had to move this aside But I hope you miss it Take it all off, baby You don't have nothing to prove I swear I can never do wrong But you never do wrong with you She swears she can take it all off, baby You don't have nothing to Time is changing Mmm.